The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday, everybody. Week 13. What a start. Pretty much everyone was good. Not Tyler Lockett, though. What a great game last night, Seattle. And that, well, he had a drop, but like this it was it was bad. Um, Adam Acer here with Dave Richard, waiting for Jamie Eisenberg to join us shortly. Forty-one thirty-five. We'll talk about that game. We have six NFC home games to discuss: Kansas City at Green Bay, Detroit at New Orleans, Cleveland at the Rams, Carolina at Tampa Bay, Miami at Washington, and maybe the best game, but probably the easiest for fantasy. San Francisco at Philadelphia are going to be starting most players there. Dave, welcome. You have any uh, fun weekend plans? We're going to start the show by asking about my weekend plans. Give me a five-second cursory answer, you know, just... I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing this weekend. Okay, great. Dallas 41, Seattle 35. And I talked about this game last night with Jamie. And I said, where do we even start? There are so many fun things to talk about here. Uh, but I, I posed this question. I thought Geno Smith was just so good last night, and we finally saw what we were hoping that we'd see months ago when we were drafting all of these guys. Do you think Geno Smith could be a fantasy league winner down the stretch? Nope. I think he had a great game with a good game plan with a healthy offensive line against a Dallas defense that played sloppier than usual. Next week, they play at San Francisco. The Niners have been a house of horrors for Geno Smith every time that they've gone up against each other. I am sure that the pressure will get to him, and Geno will not be a four-touchdown, 334-passing-yard superstar against those Niners. No, that sucks that they have to play the Niners next week, especially for Metcalf. It's like I I said, sorry if anybody listened to FFT and 5 last night. I don't want to be repetitive, but... Everything I know about DK Metcalf tells me that he should struggle next week against the against Charvarius Ward, who's probably going to shadow him again. Because this is what happens whenever good cornerbacks 
shadow DK Metcalf, but who is going to have the stones to bench DK Metcalf after a three Nobody. touchdown game? Yeah. Nope. Nobody. And the nice thing about DK comparing him to somebody like Gabe Davis is that he consistently gets a ton of targets. So like, That's like true. I tried to, when, when I did my research on him this week, I did my research on him. I did my research on Lockett. Uh, I said to him, I, I realized, yeah, the matchup's going to be tough, but he gets so many targets anyway that it's just it's it's impossible to bench him because of the volume. You're, you're you start him based on volume. So yeah, next week you'll probably start him, but the expectations will be right back to where they were before this week. So look, San Francisco might be tough in week 14, but Philadelphia and Tennessee are the next two matchups after that for Seattle. And then we'll deal with Pittsburgh in week 17. But weeks 15 and 16 could be very good if something really did click for them. Uh, and and for Geno Smith in particular, I think it's going to be tough to trust Tyler Lockett, obviously. But we got to talk about that running back situation, Dave, because Charbonnet had a good game. He was started in only 43% of leagues. He had 99 total yards and a touchdown, uh, but left with a knee injury. I don't want to start DJ Dallas next week. I'm hoping Ken Walker's back, but I don't know. Um, anyway, what does this running back, what does this backfield look like going forward? Are you sure you're going to want to start Kenneth Walker next week? Uh, uh, if the 49ers <laughs> do their it, thing it, and if, if their run defense is healthy? If Charbonnet is out, I would expect a few, a few more catches from Walker, maybe three or four catches or something like that, which would make him not a great start, but definitely a... Pro- probably Top not someone four. I'm benching. Probably. Probably not. I, I understand that. You'd have to have some pretty good running backs to go with him otherwise. And we'll see. We'll, Pete Carroll said after the game it was a bruise. Who knows if it's really a bruise? Um, yeah. The fact that he was doubtful as soon as he went into the medical tent makes me nervous about him. And honestly, I haven't watched every single time Zach Charbonnet's had the ball this year. He looked outstanding on that catch. It was a smoke screen just barreled ahead. I'd love to know what his speed was on that play. But I, I feel like everything else he did was just kind of eh. The touchdown was very fortuitous. It was set up by a penalty. There were tons of penalties in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got a stat for you on that that might make you raise an eyebrow. Would but you? overall, I thought that Jack Charbonnet was 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 okay. I mean, the catch was great. The touchdown, you got a little lucky with him. But he, it's not like he he did enough to show you that he's going to be the lead back for Seattle if he were healthy the rest of this year. Hello, Jamie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, outdoor Jamie. And uh, yeah, okay, 257 yards of penalties. No punts. Fifth game in NFL history without a punt. Jamie, we have more or less covered the Seattle Seahawks. What are your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys from this game? Nothing's really changed. I mean, you know, you, you see uh, Dak playing... Um, you know, you mentioned this with Raheem Mostert that he might be the fantasy MVP. Dak is making a strong argument for fantasy MVP as well as NFL MVP based on where he was drafted and how he's performing at the position. Um, so love what I, what I continue to see from him. Tony Pollard, you know, the last three games has been fantastic. Brandon Cooks uh, continues to score at home. So, you know, trust him when he's uh, at home to whatever degree you want to trust him. But as a, a number three receiver, I think is pretty safe rest of the way. And Jake Ferguson bounced back after two duds. So that was good to see as well, you know, him being as involved as he was and taking advantage of a Seattle defense that's really not giving up a lot of production to uh, to tight ends of late. So Dallas really just continues to hum along, and they're going to get a uh, most likely tired Philadelphia defense again in their building next week. I had a tough time watching Pollard, and I've got Pollard on a bunch of my teams, so I was counting on him to hopefully come through. And he did come through statistically, 
but really not until the Retro fourth game of the week, yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys over the Seahawks. See, now you're killing the bet. Game of the week. This is awesome. Game of the week, I guess. You can't, first of all, you can't name a game of the week after the game. I can do whatever I want. Dave. Exactly, yes. <laughs> See, because, but Jamie, now he's going to play the song again later for Denver and Houston. He's going to make another game of the week. No, he's oh, not. He's no, not. Denver and Houston was yesterday. I mean, I think if anything, it would be San Francisco, Philadelphia. Probably. So we'll we got, a, we got, a, we got a, a tweet last night saying, you missed the game of the week, and I texted Adam. I go, "This is perfect." Yeah, I, I had to. It, it deserved it. It deserved it. No punts. Come on. All right, Dave. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Tony so I Pollard. can't finish my point on Pollard no, because yeah, to- we've got to play your bit. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Uh, he was a tough watch. He was, he, and he got very lucky with his touchdown. There were four Seattle penalties on the drive that ended with Pollard's touchdown. I was so pissed off when he dropped the touchdown pass. Me too. I scared. But that, that was also like really hard throw. Yeah, he should have brought it in. I scared my cat. I slammed my face down. <laughs> She's like, ah! <laughs> and uh, then he scored like one play later. But I wanted it to be a, a passing touchdown too, you know. But um, uh, yeah, Pollard, twenty three touches, which is good. Only the third game all year that wasn't a double digit outcome for the Cowboys. So that's what you're hoping for: more competitive games. And coming up, they have Philadelphia and Buffalo and Miami and Detroit. So you should figure a lot of touches for Pollard. But I do sit there and go, where is that guy that was running away from everyone all last year? Just just doesn't. I don't know who where that guy is. He has some nice plays, but not enough. But he scored, and hooray. He was started in 96% of leagues. And then I asked Jamie this yesterday. Dave, I'll ask you, is there any way to, to predict when Jake Ferguson is going to have a good game or be involved? Yes, any time that the Cowboys are going to have a hard time running the ball or they're in a high-scoring game. I did not think this would be one of those so Every games, week? <laughs> no, like, well, for the run game, yes. But for I thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to win this one pretty handily. I did not think that this would be a high-scoring shootout. Yeah. So I was wrong on Ferguson this week for sure. Yeah. Against Philadelphia, you're starting Fergie Ferg. All right, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. If you're there right now, hello, and please hit that like button. That'd be wonderful. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. If you subscribe to our channel, you can be alerted when we have new episodes that are about to come out so you don't miss anything. But over the weekend, you've got great ways to get your questions answered at youtube.com slash fantasy football today, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. We do a 90-minute show. I guess I'm lying. It's about 85 minutes and we answer questions basically the entire time, and it's it's a lot of fun and hopefully very helpful for you. You can also watch CBS Sports HQ. Fantasy Football Today airs there at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what you should be doing on Sunday. Not that I'm trying to tell you how to live your life, but that's what you should do. News and notes. Oh, and more Aaron Rodgers stuff. Whatever. Kenny Pickett, uh, fine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are ranking uh, Flacco, right? Oh, yes. yeah. He's yeah. cracked the top 24. Yes. Head um, of the great Jake Byrne. Running back Travis Etienne. Let's talk about Travis Etienne. He's day-to-day, according to Doug Peterson. It's a chest injury, right? Chest? Yes. And we don't have a ton of details, but does it make sense to play to pick up Dearness Johnson, Jamie? 
Yes, uh, for two reasons. Um, I reached out to a buddy of mine that covers the team, and he told me that um, he should be okay, should be able to play this week, but the Jaguars are probably going to try and limit his touches. Whether that comes to pass or not, we'll find out. We hear this all the time whenever you know you have a lead running back and some backup options, but they've been doing it a little bit lately more and more with Deanders Johnson. He's made some big plays. He had a 32-yard catch and a 43-yard catch in each of the last two games. Um, and so... Uh, from what my friend told me, he was like, remember, this was the plan all along with Tank Bigsby. But as he said, Bigsby can't catch or block. So uh, <laughs> they, they they clearly trust Dearness Johnson a little bit more. And so it makes some sense as they're heading to the playoffs from their perspective. From our perspective, as I said to him, like, well, this sucks. And I, when, I, when I sent this to uh, Adam, Dave, and Heath, uh, Adam said this bleeping something, something. Um, <clears throat> uh, in any event, I don't think you're benching. <laughs> Travis Etienne, if he's playing by any stretch, but you know you may have some tough calls at some point over the next few weeks. Etienne versus this player versus that player, and we'll see how it sort of shakes out. But I mean, look against the Bengals, how bad their run defense has been. Um, I think Logan Wilson's in fine, but I know he left last week's game, so you should be no concerns with uh, with Etienne if he's healthy. And just one last thing: Etienne played fifty nine percent of the snaps last week. He did leave for a little bit with the chest injury. He came back. Uh, Dearness played 43% of the snaps and had a slim majority on third downs. Dearness Johnson or the people's champ, Jeff Wilson? Is to roster or to play this week? I don't know, but that's a good, I think to roster. Let's start with to roster. To roster, if you're looking long-term, I'd rather have Dearness Johnson because A-Chan coming back and you don't want to have three guys in the backfield as opposed to two. For this week, it's easily Jeff Wilson unless ETN is out. Uh, is although I did start, I did have to start uh, Dearness Johnson in the Scott Fishbowl, but I'm doing so alongside Dak Prescott, CD Lamb, and Jake Ferguson. So got, off, got off to a good start. Yeah, last <laughs> everybody be like Jamie, start your Cowboys. Uh, yes. uh, well done, sir. Uh, if ETN does not play, should I start Dearness Johnson over Puka Nakua or Jerome Ford? Yes, uh, I agree. Okay, um, okay. And back to the news. Jared McKinnon was limited in practice, so that's a good sign for him to play on Sunday at Green Bay. Devon Achan still limited, so we'll see. Probably learn more today, hopefully during our mailbag. Um, Aaron Jones missing practice. We're not expecting him. Ezekiel Elliott got in a limited session because, as I said yesterday, scientifically, no one misses time for thigh injuries. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Uh, he, he, Dave, uh, he, Adam said, um, the thigh is not important, or is it something to that degree? And he said, do you know what parts of the body are in the thigh? And Adam said, uh, the gluteus maximus and the hamstring. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said the quad. <laughs> I said the quad. And I said the lat- latibus dorsi or something like that, which is Whatever in the back. Said. Oh goodness. So Heath made it clear that the thigh that people do miss time for thigh injuries, but I have now won the argument because Zeke has proven my point. Nobody misses time with thigh injuries. I said he probably got a dead leg. Amari Cooper says he will play. T. Higgins says he will play. Uh-oh, Keenan Allen missing another practice with a quad injury. Who's worried? Not me. You don't miss injuries. with <laughs> You don't miss games with thigh injuries. I, I, I do think, though, <laughs> that this could be something to keep an eye on long-term because as – his coach said, if they lose this game, essentially they're out of the playoffs. Does Keenan Allen shut it down at some point? Because he's been p- playing through shoulder, quad, knee, all these things that have been sort of creeping up for him. Does he does he decide, okay, this is this is too much? If they lose this game to the Patriots, then just don't like 
Brandon Staley, you can just he's not getting on the plane. Stay in New England, yeah. Um, they made they made swap coaches, which would be good. What what are we thinking? Who are you ranking in the Texans' uh, receiving core? With Tank Dell and Noah Brown being limited. Dell, I believe, came back to practice yesterday, so he should be okay. And Brown is still not someone we're ranking yet. Just then, we'll we'll find out today if we're going to uh, to rank him. Okay. Dalton Schultz too, right? Didn't Schultz miss practice? Schultz missed Wednesday and Thursday, yes. Are you expecting the following players? Demario Douglas against the Chargers. Not, Not as yet. Enough. Chris Olave. Not yet, but trending in the right direction. Rashid Shahid. No. no. Marquise Brown. Yes, as of now. Michael Wilson. No. Not as of now. All right. So if, if that holds up, you could still get Greg Dortch if you need somebody. Um, Greg Dortch could be an option for you. Dallas Goddard mispracts. Also, let's keep an eye on Chris Godwin. He was limited with a neck injury. That He should be fine, but he was downgraded to limited on Thursday. Dallas Goddard mispracts. I'm so still not thinking he will play. Trey McBride was limited in practice. He got back to practice, so that's good. Dalton Schultz, uh, did he practice? We're expecting Dalton Schultz to play, right? Literally just talked about this 25 <laughs> seconds ago. Really? No. Uh, yes. Maybe. I don't know. You're going to have to. I asked you about wide receivers. Why did you answer a tight end question? That's on you. Yeah. We brought it up. Yeah, not nah, that's not my fault. That's all, all your fault. Uh, Arizona released Zach Ertz. Anybody care about that? If you can still put him on IR, it's not a bad player to pick up. And I would not be surprised if there's a reunion in Philly, knowing that Goddard's forearm injury is lingering, or maybe a trip to Baltimore if they want to add a veteran tight end. Um, he says he wants to play on a contender, and based on what he did, if you saw the news, he gave up this week's game check to get released with the idea of picking up probably some additional game checks in the playoffs. So... Just look at the playoff contenders. There's obviously a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, but you know you could start to connect the dots about where he may end up. But he's no longer on IR, so you should not be allowed to stash him on IR, unless your league rules say that you can put players who are no longer on IR in IR spots. Somebody but. call Heath and ask him. Yeah, ask him. <laughs> All right, some defensive injuries to keep an eye on here. Still no Fletcher Cox or Zach Cunningham at practice for Philadelphia. Friday will be a big day for them. New Orleans extremely beat up against the Detroit Lions. We'll, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Marcus May, safety. Cameron Jordan, a defensive end. And linebacker Pete Werner, who plays basically every snap. They all missed practice yesterday. Uh, Levante David still out for the Bucks, still missing practice, which would, I guess, help Chuba Hubbard. Jamel um, Dean, did he practice? I think he's also been out. Um, so that would help, I guess, wow. Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um, Miles Garrett says he's going to play. Denzel Ward, I think, still out to not practice. Carolina safety Von Bell missed practice. And Carolina's pass defense is one that I'm very excited to talk about. Crazy stat on that. Uh, Devondre Campbell has been limited for the Packers. Linebacker Devondre Campbell, pretty important. He was limited last week as well, did not play. Right, but that was a Thursday game, so... Hopefully, a little, little more time to get back. And then I, you probably saw the terrible news. Von Miller getting arrested for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman that Oof. he's, I think, in a relationship with. They're on a bye, but obviously we don't like to see that. Did you mention the Lions injury? Alex Anzalone, their uh, no. starting middle linebacker. No, I did not. I think he's the linebacker, but he's good in coverage, good against the run, not expected to play for multiple weeks. Oh, I just wow. saw a lizard eat a fly. Like, really? Chase up a... Chase up a uh, Justin Field screen and catch a fly. <laughs> Did anyone mention the uh, uh, Dalton Schultz status? 
All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, one question for each game, and I have a great, we have a great beat the waiver wire player for you. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do one question for each game. Kansas City is at Green Bay on Sunday night. How much confidence do you have, Dave Richard, in the Green Bay passing game? Not a ton. One of the Did you bring up Jaden Reed as someone who might not play? What the hell? No, I mi- I skipped over him. I have him in the notes. I skipped right over him. You skipped right over Jaden Reed? That's a... That's a that's a big one. If they don't have him, he's basically been their best stat producer the last three weeks. Fantasy managers who have him know that. And if he doesn't play, it would mean someone else would have to step up into the slot, and it would make the matchup that much harder. No, I'm not a huge fan of anybody other than Reed because he would be a short area target for Jordan Love if he were to play. We'll see if he practices on Friday. If he does not play, though, would you – be more confident in Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs? Dobbs a little bit. Watson, no, because I think Watson's the one who gets the luxurious Sneed treatment. All right. Detroit's at New Orleans. Jamie, make sense of the New Orleans wide receiver situation. If Chris Olave plays, he's a must-start player. Um, if Chris Olave is out, I would lean more toward the tight ends than I would the receivers in terms of how I would like them. Um, so I would lean toward Taysom Hill just because of what he does first. But Jawan Johnson, as we saw last week, season high seven targets. So he'll be more involved. So both have top 10 upside. In terms of just the wide receivers, it's tough to say you can trust and start A.T. Perry, Keith Kirkwood, or Lynn Bowden. But I would take a chance on A.T. Perry just because I think he has the most upside of the group, but nothing more than a number three wide receiver at best and more in deeper leagues than anything. It's probably a situation you want to avoid. Yeah. And if there is no Chris Olave, I think it's almost impossible to start Derek Hart in anything more than Superflex or 2QB leagues because of the week. If this was not a 16-month-a-bye week and all the quarterbacks missing, it would be easy just to sit Derek Hart across the board. If there's no Derek – I'm sorry, if there's no Chris Olave, Kamara – over under seven and a half catches. I mean, you could say ten and a half catches right. and I'd take the over. <laughs> and remember, and no Anzalone. And no Anzalone, right. That uh, makes the matchup juicier for New Orleans. Cleveland's at the Rams. Is Kylan what's his name? Kyron, Kyron Williams. Is Kyron Williams the only easy start in this game? I'd argue uh, that Joku and PPR is an easy start. I and, don't think I don't think a lot of people are benching Puka. Sure. At this point. But why not? What has Puka Nakua done lately to earn that? The only good game he's had recently was the one Cooper Cup left with an injury. 
I'm not saying he's going to have a good game. I'm just saying I don't think people are sitting him. Right. But he's and not it's probably the case for for Cooper Cup too. Yeah, but they're not easy. I mean, Cup is certainly not an easy call. I think there's uh, two receivers to talk about. Uh, there's here. Cooper Cup and there's Amari Cooper. And I'm kind of excited about Amari Cooper with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Uh, just because of what we've seen from Flacco in recent years, latching onto one receiver and firing away. We saw it with Garrett Wilson in two of three games last year. It was really three games, at least eight targets for Wilson in each of those games. But I, I, I think that Amari Cooper's got a chance to see his ADOT go back to what it was, which is about 15 yards downfield. That's a great ADOT. And Flacco... For what's worth, he's a better quarterback than Dorian Thompson Robinson. So there's more upside for Amari Cooper now than there would have been if DTR plays. And what I'm worried about with Cooper Cup is that he's practicing in full this week. Maybe he's not as unhealthy as he looked last week. I've got him as a sit, but I'm I'm a little nervous that that's going to look a little foolish. Ultimately, I think the matchup's tough for both Rams wide receivers because the Browns pass rush with Miles Garrett playing should be able to get to Matthew Stafford, should make things tough on them in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, to your point, Adam, the start percentage right now on our site for the receivers in this game. Puka Nakua is the highest at 80%, which is obviously down for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup is at 74%, and Amari Cooper, understandably so, is at 47%. He is the least projected of the trio. But I think some of that has to do with Cup and Cooper with people in their leagues probably not paying attention at this point, you know, so maybe add 10% to those guys. What about the injury tag next to their names as being a reason why people well, cup hasn't had an injury tag for two weeks, so he should be okay. And yeah. Cooper's, Cooper's got probably one. a big part of that, but it's also the projections are very low for Cooper. I'm sure because of the injury. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm just saying that I, I don't think Puka is an easy call. I mean, I have him in two leagues and, one league is a two receiver half PPR league with a flex, and I'm sitting him. And one receiver, one league is a three receiver full PPR league with a flex, and I'm starting him. So that's uh, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't making it out to be that he's an easy start. I'm just saying I don't think most people are sitting him. Okay. Well, we'll none of these guys are like slam dunk top fifteen types of fantasy receivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carolina's at Tampa Bay starter sit Adam Thielen, and and by the way, he is getting very very close. To magic eight ball territory. <laughs> uh, but starter said Adam Thielen. So two bad games out of ten is magic eight ball territory. Uh, yeah. Um go ahead. Uh no, I'm starting. I, I think again, six teams on a bye. This secondary's been awful. Uh I'm I'm curious to see how the new coaching staff and and play calling, you know, you know, helps or hurts Adam Thielen. But if the idea is to get Bryce Young going, which is what the idea should be, it should have been all along. It's I don't think let's not help him with his best target. Now you can say, okay, maybe feature Jonathan Mingo and, and see what they have there a little bit more. But I would imagine that Bryce Young is going to lean on Adam Thielen quite a bit. And knowing that the secondary has been as bad as it, as it is, uh, I'm still starting him as a number two receiver without hesitation. What do you remember about Adam Thielen from weeks eight through 10? I'm guessing he was really good. Nope. Oh. He was okay. He had a couple, he, he was either okay or terrible. And those were the three games that Thomas Brown was calling plays for Carolina. Frank Reich gave up the play calling, and then he took it back. He really hasn't been great since the bye, but I think he can still get you closer, a little bit over 15 PPR points against the Bucks. So I've got him as a low-end wide receiver, too. Ahead of the Rams, guys? I have him yeah. ahead of Cooper Cup for now. Yeah, ahead of both. 
Miami at Washington. What do you do with the Dolphins running backs if Devon Achan plays and if he doesn't play? Dave. I'm going to start Mostert either way, but I will dial back expectations considerably if Achan plays. I would expect Achan to play about 25 snaps, get about 10 touches. Maybe he gets 100 total yards. Maybe he scores, but I think Mostert would play more. And Mostert would be probably like a borderline RB1 if Achan plays. If Achan, and I wouldn't use Jeff Wilson at all. If Achan doesn't play, Mostert's right where I am ranked, which is his uh, top 10 RB1. And Jeff Wilson maybe gets back to 10 PPR points like he had last week. I thought Wilson looked pretty good. Should be a blowout win for the Dolphins. Of course, I said that for the Cowboys, and look what happened. But I don't know if the Commanders are going to play neck and neck with the Dolphins like that. And I think that Jeff Wilson will have his opportunities to get some decent numbers. So in a pinch of running back, you could use Jeff Wilson if there is no HM. And I don't think anybody's benching Mostert no matter what happens. I would be very hesitant to start Devon HM knowing that the last time he came back from the knee injury, he could not finish the game. And I would want to see it first unless I'm stuck. So I don't have high expectations. Clearly, he could make a, a, a your fantasy day on one play. We've seen that you know, from him and his ability, but I don't want to trust it. I think that Jeff Wilson is going to be a problem for both of these guys when everybody's there because I don't think they're just going to completely get away from him. Uh, and I think what we saw last week based on the usage, and you talked about this a lot, Adam, Mostert is a borderline RB1 now because I think they're going to use Jeff Wilson quite a bit in this game. And so Wilson's a very good flex option. Uh, Mostert is... You know, just they're 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 safe, easy, trustworthy guy, but I don't think we've seen it as. Or I don't think we're going to get back to him being heavily involved in the passing game. I just don't know if they want to use him in that regard. And he's been on the injury report for whatever it's worth, whether it's maintenance or something that he's dealing with, which could be scaling back a little bit of what they're doing with him. So I think this is a, a little bit. You know, I know you've kind of gotten a lot of flack for being concerned about Mostert. There's definitely reason to be concerned about Mostert if all three guys are going to get work. Actually, I actually haven't really gotten that much flack for that one. Don't <laughs> not like when I said ETN a month ago. Uh, anyway, uh, Washington has allowed fourteen point four or more PPR fantasy points to a running back. I believe in six straight games, five of those running backs scored nineteen point seven or more PPR fantasy points. They have been a layup for every position, basically. All right, one more game, guys, and you can just answer this real quick. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Are there any tough calls in this game? Not to sit, no. I don't think so. I think based on your rankings and based on what I was thinking, I think DeAndre Swift is somewhat of a tough call. You guys have him about 18th. And with Zach Moss and Kyron Williams, and for I don't know if Dave too, but for Jamie, for Najee Harris, there are a lot of guys that aren't typically ahead of Swift. He's, I think he's got the worst matchup, basically. Um, he definitely does. Yes, that's a good call. He, he's not set it and forget it. You know, So he's he's in that conversation of I think we talked about this few guys yesterday of you know if you have the, the two guys you mentioned Mostert as well uh guys that you drafted after Swift or have picked up along the way in terms of Moss that you're you're starting them over okay let's go to beat the waiver wire only two teams are on a bye next week Washington and Arizona but we'll also help you beat the waiver wire just for the future and I think the best name off the bat is Roshan Johnson he is 47 percent rostered Schedule's not great. Well, after Detroit, it's really not that bad. Cleveland's got kind of an iffy run defense. Arizona, Atlanta. And I have no idea what's going to happen with Roshan Johnson. He could go back to being in a three-way split next week. But if you saw Roshan Johnson and Dearness Johnson out there, who would you who would you pick up? Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I pick so up. So we're her. talking about today, right? Uh-huh. Uh, who would you pick up? I think I would pick up Dearness Johnson right now because of the potential of Travis Etienne missing the game. The fact that nobody in my league has picked up Roshan Johnson means that they're not clamoring to get him. So you'd rather have the situation of, oh my God, Travis Etienne's ruled out. I have that guy on my team already, as opposed to now I got to go drop Roshan Johnson to pick up Dearness Johnson. So I'd rather have Dearness Johnson for the next two days. Do you, and then let's say Sunday morning comes along, Travis Monday. Etienne's active Monday. Monday. Well, yeah. Oh, you can make this move on Monday because yep. Roshan doesn't play this week. Unless okay, you're Monday Monday comes along, ETN's active. That's when you kick Dearness to the curb and pick up Roshan. Yep. Okay. Diabolical. I love Diabolical. it. Diabolical. And uh, two other players who are on a buy this week that I think you should be looking to pick up. Odell Beckham, 55% rostered. And Isaiah Likely, 38% rostered. Next week he gets the Rams. They are a great matchup. And They actually, both uh, had their roster percentage drop. That's interesting. Yeah, well, oh, likely I'm a little surprised by Beckham. I'm not shocked. But again, he had a bad game. He barely played last week. So I think he'll be healthier and good to go. I guess it makes sense with all the teams on a bye. People have to make some tough calls. Can yeah. I suggest a DST? Oh, absolutely. But I just just a few more names. Cade Otten, if you need a tight end, he's still available in 35% of leagues. You could, If you're desperate, you could look at Zach Ertz. Get your handcuffs now. Royce Freeman is not a terrible handcuff. Elijah Mitchell, obviously, is a good one. He's not... He's available in a lot of leagues. You need a quarterback next week. Baker Mayfield's at Atlanta. Gardner Minshew's at Cincinnati. And you could always stash Aaron Rodgers and hope he plays against Washington in the fantasy postseason. Go ahead with the DSTs. I'm going to name five teams. Think of the quarterbacks on these teams. Tell me if you would want a DST playing these five teams. Tennessee. Cincinnati. Yes. Pittsburgh. Yes. Atlanta. Yes. Las Vegas. Those are the opponents of the Indianapolis Colts over their next five games starting this week, and they've scored at least 18 fantasy points in leagues that reward uh, fantasy points for yardage allowed. Uh, Yeah, they have 15 sacks in their last three games. And Grover Stewart's coming back, who's a big defensive piece for them. Oh, super Grover! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You sound like a like a stressed out Grover when you do that voice. It's like if Grover and Cookie Monster were one monster. Oh, Super Grover! Oh, nom, 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 nom. Yeah, that's, okay, so that was a perfect Cookie Monster. Thank you, thank you. Love that one. I haven't, but I think you need to be a little more lax and high, higher pitched on the Grover. Grover, I can't really do higher pitched anymore. It's been a while, you know. Like uh, I'm, I might have to drop the game of the week music down an octave next year. Kansas City at Green Bay. Stat of the game, number one, the Packers. Okay, I got conflicting stats here on Rashi Rice. The Packers have allowed 15 or more PPR fantasy points to a wide receiver in every game that was not started by Brett Rippon or Kenny Pickett. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when you look at the profile of Rashi Rice and you look at all of the wide receivers out there who have had 40 or more targets, there are three wide receivers who are in their own little world in terms of ADOT. They are the only three receivers with an ADOT below five yards, and they are Wandale and Rondale and Rasheed Rice. So It's not a good neighborhood to be in. Exactly, right? You know what is a good neighborhood to be in? Oh, the Sesame Street neighborhood. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so it's a great, it's a good matchup, it seems. They usually give up production to one receiver, but it's hard to trust someone who never does anything downfield. Just, I know he had the back shoulder fade on one play, but that was out of 10 targets. Uh, so starter sit Rasheed Rice, <laughs> my ashamed colleagues. 
Um, I think he said it best. I think he was in on Wednesday or, or yesterday's show that had to be Wednesday, I guess, that you're just kind of hoping that the trust factor is there now and that the throw you referenced, I know Heath referenced the same one, that that's the Mahomes trust throw and that the targets are the Andy Reid and Mahomes trust factor. Uh, we all, you know, know that they were missing some guys, no more Michael Hardman, you know, for, for the next three games at least. No Kadarius Tony last week, no Jarek McKinnon last week. So some guys that clearly have been factors, whether there's trust or not from Mahomes and Reed, they're gone. But I do think there's uh, something to be said for rookie wide receivers coming into their own as the year unfolds. We've talked about this for the last several years, that this is the, the jumping off point. And so I'm going to buy it because of two things. One, that last game. Two, six teams on a bye. Three, Patrick Mahomes. You know, so I, I'm I'm starting him this week, and I'm not even thinking twice. The 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 A dot is low, but he's still averaging. Like last week, for example, he averaged 13.4 yards per catch despite the 4.3 A dot, and his route metrics. I don't know if you guys got into this. Um, th- they were outstanding last week. Route participation rate of 68 percent. That was a season high. Yards per route run 4.12. Target per route run 38.5 percent. That's huge. That's almost four out of every 10 routes that he run ran. He got a target last week. And I, I know that Jair Alexander's coming back for Green Bay. I'd be surprised if he locked on to Rashi Rice. Yeah. I, I'm starting Rice. I, I think that he's evolving in the right way. And he's got a nose for the end zone. He's had that since college. I say that every time I talk about him. No, but it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, Rashi Rice or the Rams guys? Uh, I have Rice over a cup right now. I do too, and I think I'd like to have Rice over Puka as well. Okay, what do you agree, do? You agree with this comment from the chat? Adam is made for Nickelodeon. Azer is definitely made for Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think I think it would be poetic if I got to be on the new edition of Slime Time. Right? Did you audition? I, I shouldn't even have to audition. Like you know, they know what I can do. I could I can be Hot a, take. a goofball. That you reminds are me better of- for Nickelodeon, and David is better for fantasy football <laughs> he'd have to play fantasy football for for that to be the case that's my brother that reminds me of a of a friend's episode where joey was auditioning to be the twin brother of the character he played on days of our lives and he said who's better than him who's who looks more like him than me <laughs> <laughs> uh, i thought you were gonna say when joey was gonna host that show bamboozled and he have the wicked wango cards I don't remember that one. Oh, I do. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, sorry. Let's go to Patrick Mahomes. Start Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's go to Isaiah Pacheco here. <laughs> like or love Pacheco this week against the Packers? Um, Not as much as I did last week, especially if McKinnon does come back. But clearly, there's nobody benching Isaiah Pacheco right now. I have him ranked as if, Pache- as if uh, McKinnon's not going to play and he's top eight. Learned my lesson from last week. But if if McKinnon plays, it's going to take some work away from Pacheco. Probably lower him into the top 15 range. How do we feel about... Do we know? Sorry, do we know if Taylor Swift is attending this game? No. It's not part of my research routine. Well... Don't know. All right. Kelsey, I think we'll start him. But somebody made that joke a few times yesterday when they saw that the Chiefs were actually flexed out of a game. That... (laughs) I think it was they're right. they're flexed out of the Monday night game, right? They were. They were for that, the Eagles. Uh, yeah, game. that somebody said ESPN must know that uh Taylor Swift not coming to the game. Ah, yeah. Well, he'll never go out of style anyway. So Jordan Love 
You see how bad, by the way, that the Patriots are that when they show a graphic, they're not showing any players. They're just showing Bill Belichick. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Bill Belichick versus X team. Yeah. Next week, <laughs> next Thursday, Bill Belichick versus Mike. Tyler. That's right. That's what it was. It was, it was Bill. It was, it was exactly that. It was the promo for next Thursday's game. It was Belichick and uh, who was it for the Steelers? JJ oh, Watt. Watt. Yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah. Not J.J. Watt. Jordan Love is just outside the top 12. So the other stat of the game I had for this, I told you about the Rasheed Rice stat and the Packers against receivers. The other stat was Jordan Love deep balls. He's getting so much better. In his first seven games, um, he was 8 of 36 on pass attempts of 20 or more air yards. He completed 22.2% of his passes on deep balls. I'll call those deep balls, 20 or more air yards. In his last four games, he's completing 55.6% of his passes uh, of 20 or more air yards. So he's just playing a lot better, understanding the offense better, according to Matt LaFleur, who said it's easier now to be more aggressive with Jordan Love. But this is a team in Kansas City that has just been a, a quarterback beater, right? I mean, Justin Herbert, 12 points. Russell Wilson, 8. Jalen Hurts, 18, with two rushing touchdowns. Two of 13 points. How could I have any confidence, Dave Richard, in Jordan Love? You can hope that he can still connect on those deep throws, even with a tough matchup. But you cannot look at him and say, uh, surefire top 12 fantasy quarterback, even though the numbers have been really good for him lately. I'm I I buy into the matchup being tough for him. I've got him top fifteen. I do not have him top twelve. Mayfield Minshew Love. Uh, Mayfield Love Minshew for me. Love and Minshew back to back. Minshew Love Mayfield. Howell or Love. Howell. Do it, Adam. That game's coming up in a little bit. Uh, yeah, so if Jordan Love has a good game against the Chiefs, then I think it probably changes the discussion a little bit. But we just haven't seen him have a good game against a tough opponent. Start- yeah, but I, yeah. I know you say that, and you're going to tell me the stats, on, and I get it. But go to go into Pittsburgh and go into Detroit and play the, the way that you did, that's not easy. Oh, and Detroit? So, I, I'll buy it with no, Pittsburgh, I, I, not I, Detroit. I'm not saying the defense, but to do it in those spots and to play as well as he has, that shows you he's putting on his big boy pants and starting to play real I, football. I agree. And if you have Jordan Love, Keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, you're thrilled the way he's looked, and especially knowing oh, yeah. that he's tied to these young receivers for a long time. So he may surprise us against the Chiefs based on what he's done the last few weeks. Like he is looking like a legit NFL quarterback after some struggles earlier this season, and it's been awesome to see him grow and develop. Oh yeah, right. I co-sign. Uh, AJ Dillon, starter sit. He has not developed so well. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for ten PPR points, I think he can get you that. I would prefer to sit. A lot of the success against the Chiefs from running backs has been touchdown related, and he's got one. So tough to say that you can mm-hmm. count on him. Uh, they do give up like four. They give up four point eight yards per carry to running backs, but I, I know it's still tough. He's he's right around twenty four in the rankings. AJ Dillon. We'll compare him to other players. David A asks, "Hey, Cookie Monster, love or Purdy? Nom, nom, nom. Oh, I love Purdy. All right, yeah, go with Brock Purdy. <laughs> yes. Okay." Uh, uh, Dylan, uh, would you start Dylan over any Packers receiver? I don't think so. Over any Packers receiver? Um, like Dobbs versus Dylan? The thing with Dobbs is if he does not score, he's not getting you 10 PPR points like you said, Dave. So I, I would take my chances probably with Dylan over him. And probably over Watson too because I don't think Watson's going to be very good if he doesn't score too. If I'm you're just playing the upside card, the upside card is, there, is in favor. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely favorite Dylan. Definitely going Watson over Dylan. I currently have Dylan over Dobbs. 
If there's no read, Dobbs will go over Dylan. I have a tough call to make in a tight end premium league of Tyler Conklin versus Dylan, and that's what I'm struggling with. Dave and Jamie have the Chiefs. Oh, Tyler Conklin. Oh, and Tyler Premium. Okay. Uh, Dave and Jamie have the Chiefs DST as a start. Heath has them as a low-end start. Detroit is at New Orleans. And uh, Jared Goff, is this a tough matchup for him? Are there concerns about Jared Goff, or is he an easy start? Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, he's an easy start with six teams on a bye. Uh, and, and look, he's had two very big games on the road this season. So, you know, the home road splits might not be ex- exactly as... We've mapped it out for at least the early part of the year. Potentially uh, no Cam Jordan, right? I don't think we've seen him back in practice. Uh, We have no Marshawn Lattimore. So two key pieces, maybe not there for the the Saints defense. Adam, do you know who else is missing from the Saints defense? Pete Werner and Marcus May. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, Jamie. No, no, no. I was, I mean, you know, just with the injuries that they're dealing with. Yeah, that could be. They could be a shell of themselves, basically. They could be. We don't right. know how it'll turn out, but and and that sucks because their matchups coming up are fantastic for DSD uh, options. Mm. So you hope they have them healthy for the stretch run. But for this week, I think Detroit has a chance to bounce back and hopefully do whatever they want to. You know, and and golf. Look, he had a good fantasy day last week. It should have been a monster fantasy day because he lost six points in the Thanksgiving Day game with three fumbles. So. Um, you know, 22 points would have been 28, and you would have no hesitation, I think, with Jared Goff. So uh, I'm starting him. I'm not even thinking about it. I really like the matchup better if there's no Cameron Jordan for obvious reasons, but especially because the offensive line for Detroit's been playing poorly the last couple of weeks, and that's always been the Achilles heel for Jared Goff. If he doesn't have protection, if he doesn't have time to throw, he gets nervous, and last week he fumbled the ball a bunch. So I, if, if there is no Cameron Jordan, and if that offensive line looks okay for Detroit – the injuries aren't so bad for them, then I think Jared Goff is trustworthy as a top 10 quarterback with, like you said, Jamie, six teams on by. Rank the running backs, Dave. Gibbs is going to be at the top for me. It's almost by default just because of the upside. Uh, I'm going to put Kamara next and then Montgomery after that. That's full PPR. All three top 15, all three must-start guys. Okay. Monroe St. Brown, yes, Sam Laporta was struggling a little bit. And, you know, honestly, I thought he was going to have a huge game on Thursday. And after the first quarter, he disappeared a little bit. But he still obviously had a great game. Five catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Um, If he, what was I going to say? Oh, his yards per target. I just want to bring this up. Sam Laporta, first five games, 80.6% catch rate, 9.3 yards per target. Last six games. 65.2% 65.2% catch rate, which is still solid. 5.4 yes. yards per target. Not so great. Um, okay, but anyway, Laporta. Like, would you start uh, McBride or Laporta? Currently McBride, but keep an eye on his injury. All right. Would you start David Njoku or Laporta? Well, I take that back. If all those guys are out for the Saints, I'm going to go Laporta. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got uh, Laporta second this week. Okay, okay. So... Start Laporta. And uh, no and jo- no Josh Reynolds, no Jamison Williams. <clears throat> Derek Carr, we can't trust. If Olave, if Olave plays, would Carr enter the uh, Minshew, Howell? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, we've, we've kind of illustrated this Lions defense not being very good. So um, ahead of Mayfield, ahead of Love, 
I currently I, would probably keep Minshew one spot ahead of him, but it's close. Would you put him ahead of Sam Howell? No, but I'd put him ahead of Kyler. He's in that range for me, like 13 through 15. I agree putting him ahead of Love and Minshew. But ahead of Kyler, I wouldn't put him ahead of well. Minshew. I like Minshew better. There's no way I'd put him ahead of Kyler. I mean, Carr just put faced Atlanta last week. Who's, who's playing in that passing His game? His two receivers Kyler. got knocked out of the game. His two receivers got knocked out of the game in the second half, but that's a fair Yeah, and Olave had 100 yards before he left. Yeah, and I mean, I, I it's the, he just doesn't throw enough touchdowns. They are, he's, the Taysom Hill factor hurts everyone, but it hurts Carr, certainly. He obviously doesn't run. He's a little turnover prone. Kyler Murray, give, give Kyler Murray a little respect here. If Kyler Murray doesn't have Marquise Brown. Oh, he will. Marquise Brown didn't practice last Trey McBride week. Trey McBride is not 100%. That matchup's going to be really uh, hard. Okay, him. that's fair. I got to see who's playing for them, but I'm assuming Wilson's out and Brown and McBride are in. That's my assumption. Yeah. That's what happened last week. Right, no, if those new, guys play, I agree with you. All right. Uh, Kamara must start and yeah, Olave must start if he plays, obviously. Uh, what else here? We, Jane, we already go to, go to the one question for all, for each game. If you want to hear about AT Perry and all that, they're low end, but Taysom Hill, and Juwan Johnson, who do you like better in full PPR if Chris Olave were out? I would still take Taysom Hill. I know Juwan Johnson probably catches more passes, but there's still just as much, if not more, touchdown potential for Taysom. And I think you you saw what he was when Juwan Johnson was missing as a pass catcher. And I think that that will come into play, even with Johnson there, if those receivers are out. Taysom Hill, I mentioned to Dave last night on our live stream, did not have a single route run in the fourth quarter. So that's just something to keep in mind. I don't really know how much bigger his role is going to get. I assume it'll be a little bit bigger, but yeah. Both Shahid and Olave were out at that point. He did not run a single route in the fourth quarter, uh, but he did have seven carries in that game. Would you start? It, cra- yeah, it cracks me up, all the comments about my hands. Yeah, this camera angle makes Jamie's hands look absolutely like enormous. If I had my foam finger in here, I would wear that just to kind of match Jamie's uh, hand presence. Um, <laughs> I should put that up on the wall. It's a good background, right? Um, all right. I think it's pretty much – I'll give some tight end questions. If anybody has any questions about I think after I move home, I'm going to come here and do my shows. You sound good. You look good. Like I uh, love yeah. the palm trees in the, the background. in the reflection in the window. Uh, Mateo says that Taysom Hill is going to have a bigger role than Jamie's hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't see any questions regarding this. Oh, Jawan Johnson or Gerald Everett? Johnson. I, I agree. I, I might flip that if Olave plays. A.T. Perry or George Pickens? I got a sneaky feeling about George Pickens this week. I like I said yesterday. I think this is going to be a two touchdown game for Kenny Pickett, and so that could lead it to one of those going to George Pickens. I'm going to move Pickens up in my rankings. Uh, if there is no Lave, I'd still go Pickens. I've got Perry higher as of now. Uh, you, that's it's, fun, it's funny. And I'm not disagree with you, Dave. How we're like. At Perry, he's got like four catches on the season. I know. I know. Well, it's it's about the opportunity, and yeah, I. But even last week when he had the opportunity, it wasn't it's it wasn't something he took advantage of. Two weeks in a row, he's had the opportunity since Michael Thomas got hurt. He's running almost every route, and he's getting no targets. So yeah. as we said, it's a deep league thing. 
and yes, you should grab Goff and start him over Kyler. That's showbiz. Let's take a break. We have four games left. I'm challenging you guys. 20 minutes for four games. I think we can do it. We'll be right back. Cleveland at the Rams, the game everyone's been waiting for when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Well, the Giants aren't playing this week, so I have to make fun of some teams. So I'll just pick the Cleveland Browns, who are super boring. Uh, and they are facing the Rams, who have been super disappointing from a fantasy standpoint, those wide receivers. Stat of the game, this is weird. Jerome Ford has scored exactly 11.9 PPR fantasy points in three straight games. And jo- Jerome Ford has done that on 17, 12, and 9 carries at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and at Denver. He played 70% of the snaps last week, though. Starters sit Jerome Ford, Dave. I'd start him low end RB two, hoping that he gets decent volume, some extra catches. It's not an easy matchup, but I, I I also think that this is a different type of look for the Browns offense with uh, with Dorian Thompson Robinson not on the field. So the Rams are going to have to respect the pass a little bit more, and it'll make things a little bit easier for Ford to get some yards. Okay, we're we starting both Lions running backs over him. Of course, okay. yeah. Sometimes I have to ask the easy ones. Are we starting Najee Harris or Jerome Ford? Najee. Najee. Ford to me is, I have three guys, I believe, ranked in my top 24 that I hate. Um, (laughs) Javante, Joe Mixon, and... Brian Robinson. And No, Robinson's outside. I don't like Robinson this week. Um, Javante, oh, Dylan, AJ Dylan. Um, Those three guys, that's the cutoff for me. After Jerome Ford, which is like 20th. Oh, so you have him ahead of... It's almost exactly what I've got. Okay. All right. Uh, and then Cooper is basically with with Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's a sit without him. Where are you going to start? Where are you ranking him? Has he top twenty four guy, Amari Cooper? Yeah, I, that's 20. where I put him. All right. David Njoku is a start. Uh, did I ask you Njoku versus the Saints guys? I don't think you I did know. not. Uh, no, Njoku would be over the Saints guys. No, no. I'm sorry. I would take Taysom Hill over Njoku. I've got Njoku over the Saints guys in PPR. I will take Hill over Njoku in non-PPR. I like the way Dave says PPR. I feel like he emphasizes the wrong letter. Like you do in in PPR I, as if there were a different letter that could go before the other PR. Like the, So that's now two two things you pointed out about other analysts, the things that they say. What I, what else was it? Oh, uh, yeah. today is December the 1st. <laughs> He was so weird with the date. So he hasn't scored a touchdown since November the 6th or something like that. <laughs> and so Adam asked him, did you say the before every date? And then he got like a little self-conscious about it and said, uh, today's November 30th. Yeah, he did it right. Uh, I'll make fun of Jamie here. I'll let the chat do it. Jamie's hands also make his head look very small, like that one scene in Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My uh, favorite thing that Dave says in relation to uh, our football conversations is the way he says Bengals. It almost sounds like it's it's a you. Bang, does he say Bengals? Bang. It almost sounds like he says Bungles. But Bang, for years, like he's always said yes. I don't. I've never even thought about that. As uh, long as I don't say Jaguars. Please call me out if I ever say Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, Adam judges everyone, but Adam doesn't know what black-eyed peas are. Very true. This is a good point. I know now because Heath taught me. Um, I judge myself more than I looked, more group? than I judge anyone. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Matthew Stafford sit and okay. Again, uh, Ky- oh, Kyron Williams. So is this a difficult matchup and are you, is there any hesitation at all with Kyron Williams? 
it is a difficult matchup. No hesitation with Kyron Williams. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that's been fun to watch about the Rams this year and Sean McVay, like this is such a great coaching job he's doing with this group, how this offensive line has been missing guys, had their guys there. They get everybody just to work together. They move guys around. Um, we didn't think Kyron Williams was going to be very good, and he's been amazing. And it's been different varieties, touchdown-related last week, receptions and running the ball. You know, I just think that right now he's he's got the chance to be, you know, again, we talk about Mostert, Dak Prescott. This is a league winner. And, you know, for where he was started the season, he's certainly the, between him and Puka, the best waiver wire pickup of the season. And so the fact that he came back off IR and looked the way he did, all systems go top 10, if not top five running back. Okay. And and the Browns actually have been struggling a little bit. They give up four and a half yards per carry to running backs. They've given up four rushing touchdowns to running backs in their last three games. And I think when your offense is so bad, I do think it compromises your defense a little bit. And that might be what we're seeing here. Just on the field more, potentially worse field position. I haven't looked into that. But I feel like there's a correlation between the Browns DST, actually, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So he's not playing. Hopefully Flacco can be a little bit better for them. Not the officially ball, yet, but staying yeah, on mostly, the field. Not, yeah, right, not if he's not playing. All right, Rams wide receivers. So you guys like Puka better than Cup. Uh, I broke this down on beyond the box score. Biggest problem, I think, honestly, for Puka and for Cup is they're not throwing nearly as much as they were. In his first five games, Puka ran 39 or more routes four times. In his last six games, he's been 28 to 31 routes in every game. So they're not throwing as much. He's uh, not playing in, He's not playing out wide as much and he's been much, much better out wide, Puka Nakua. But in his last uh, his last like five games, he's had one good game, or two good games. So his last four games, had one good game, and, and Cup left that with an injury. So I'm sorry, I just, I don't really have a ton of faith in him. I understand it's hard to get away from him, but I also wonder if he's playing hurt, because he's been on the injury report a couple times. So yeah, I, I, sum it up. Uh, <laughs> where do you have Puka Nakua ranked? <laughs> just inside the top 20. Um and look, I, as, as much I, I think Dave and I shared sort of the same sentiment on, on Cup, I think Heath as well. Like, we're all concerned. Um, it's been very tough. It's not just the last couple of games. And, there's you know, there's the third game of, of the last three with without Stafford there. So there's been quarterback issues. There's been health issues. There's been, you know, it's a lot of struggles for, for Cup. But six teams on a bye, it's hard to say must sit across the board for both of these guys, you know, with what they have done, the potential that they have. And look, Miles Garrett, if he plays, he's playing hurt. Denzel Ward, if he plays, he's playing hurt. Thornhill may not play. You know, so there's there's a lot of things at play here for this Browns defense. And so I think you just sort of have to understand, like, they're not slam dunks. They're not what they either thought we were going to get from Cooper Cup or what we had been getting from Puka Nakua. But you got to really have a loaded roster to yeah. sit these guys and sit them comfortably. Yeah. So, you know, Rashi Rice, and and for this is for both of them, but Rashi Rice, Josh Downs, Jaden Reed, you know, these guys that – have had either strong play recently or have the chance to play well. It's not like you're saying, oh, and, and whether you do it or not, you're not doing it confidently. You're not saying Josh Downs in my lineup and Puka Nakua is not or, or Cooper Cup is not because you can't. There, there's no way your mind can wrap your, like, your head well, around that. What would that. you do? Like, what, how would you rank the Rams? I have, I have Downs guys? right behind Cooper Cup. And I've, that's one I've, every time I do my rankings, Downs up, Downs down, you know, up, up, down, up, down. Um, uh, same thing with Amari Cooper coming back from, from an injury over Puka. Um, it's just it, it's tough to sit these guys because you know there's if it gets you know let's just say Flacco comes in and and it's a great performance from him and now the Rams have to throw and now they're getting 
10 targets each. You tell me I'm getting 10 targets for these two guys, there's no way I'm sitting them. But we just haven't seen that. And we saw last week Stafford throw four touchdowns, and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup did nothing. Right. Like yeah, that yeah. shows the evolution of this offense and getting different things and taking advantage of matchups. So, Or does it show that Stafford knows that those guys aren't playing – to their usual standard, and he's throwing the ball in a different direction. Yeah, I mean that, that's again that all ties, their their that all, that all that all ties into it, and and we know man versus zone and how these guys operate. We know when when the coverage is different, so it it's it's just a lot at play here for these guys. So if you have you said it best, Adam, two receiver leagues, they're not slam dunks. Three receiver leagues and a flex, there's no way you're sitting these guys this week. Yeah, so it just depends on what you. Have. We we could do a thousand different scenarios of, of cup. Puka versus X, Y, and Z, and we'll probably have 10 different answers every time. All right. Uh, I can't imagine going to Higby, even though he had a two-touchdown game last week. No. So I'll read some questions from the chat. Downs or Cooper? Cooper. Amari Cooper, and then Cooper Cup one spot ahead of Josh Downs in PPR. Flacco or Will Levis? Currently Levis, but I may change that. I think it's kind of funny. Like I, I kind of have to catch myself here because I'm – I'm weirdly excited about Joe Flacco, but the dude hasn't played football all year. He sat on on the sideline, literally his home sideline, I guess, because no team would sign him until now, until the Browns were so desperate for a quarterback. Makes me makes me nervous to kind of overrate him a little bit. Uh, I do have Levis it, spot ahead. In, in, in relation to who we're comparing him to, though, you know, I mean, Levis has exactly been a world beater one time out of five. I know. That's all right, true. guys, one, one more here. Uh, I need two: Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, and Jerome Ford. Is that Amari Cooper? Cooper sorry, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, and Jerome Ford. Uh, half PPR. I would go with. I don't want to play both Browns, so I'll take Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin. I like that better. I think that's more upside. So you like Cooper better than Ford? If catches count, yes. Right. Yeah, I mean, look. Cooper, when he's had competent quarterback play, and we're like Dave said, we're putting a lot on Joe Flacco right now. But if he, when he's had competent quarterback play, he's been good. All right, that's it. Oh, Browns DST. Oh, which DST do you like better, actually? If Flacco plays the Browns, if DTR plays the Rams, I've got them back to back. I've got the Rams a spot higher. Okay, you can get away from that. You get with the Chargers this week, Falcons, right? Yep, I Jaguars. like the Falcons and the Colts. Jaguars. Jaguars, yeah. Jaguars. Oh, Jaguars. Carolina, Tampa Bay. All right, eight minutes for three games, guys. You ready? Carolina, Tampa Bay. Stat that does not make Tell sense. Tell me more about how I see NFL team names. Carol, well, somebody brought up that Heath says Bingles, like Pringles, and that is actually, I think, pretty true. Uh, stat that does not make sense. The Panthers <laughs> have the lowest... Okay, the Panthers have the lowest pressure rate in football despite having the fourth highest blitz rate. And yet they allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and their eighth best in yards per attempt allowed. Um, starters at Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm going to sit him for two reasons. For whatever it's worth, however it gets done, whatever the scenario is, quarterbacks just don't play well against Carolina. They just don't. Yeah. And it's tough to trust him when he's coming into this game less than 100%. Had to get an MRI on his ankle. You know something's wrong there. So if it wasn't the potential of a revenge game narrative that he wants to stick it to Carolina after everything that unfolded there, I'd be really, really out on Baker. But he's a top 15 caliber quarterback this week. So not a horrible bye week replacement, but not somebody that I'm thrilled to start. 
Okay. Would it shock you? Would it totally shock you if this ended up being a competitive game? No, Not no. necessarily like it's a five forty one. If it's a good five. If it's a competitive game, they should fire Todd Bowles. Like they, they should, they should have their way with this team. I agree, but that's not going to stop me from thinking that there is a chance that Baker will have to do more than just hand off and throw short to Rashad White. Part of the, re- I, I think the big reason why quarterbacks in passing games don't do much is because the Panthers see just twenty nine pass attempts per game. Yeah, and it's the second lowest in the league. The Browns see even less. I, I don't, I don't hate Baker this week. I've got to do a little soul searching between him and a couple of other quarterbacks that are on the QB one starting line, I guess you should say. Okay. And let's make this game easy here. The only Panther you're considering is, is Thielen. Although does anybody have any thoughts on starting Chuba Hubbard this week? A few. I mean, look, you know, I just told you some start percentages. Who do you think has a higher start percentage? Amari Cooper, knowing that he's dealing with an injury or Chuba Hubbard. Chuba has the higher start percentage because Amari started the week on the injury report. That's going to change. That should change, right? You'd start. Cooper That's going to change. Right? I agree. Uh, let me just confirm because I saw it yesterday, but it was Cooper by two percentage. Oh, points. okay. But you should be uh, starting Chuba Cooper Hubbard. over him. Chuba Hubbard is no. Now it's three in favor of Cooper. So forty-four percent people still start Chuba Hubbard. Okay, Rickolis. I think Chuba. I believe Chuba had a pretty sizable workload. With Thomas Brown in weeks eight through ten, calling for um, you can put that back up, Adam. I I can answer that question. Uh, Adam uh, should force Jamie Dupalma basketball throughout the entire. So uh, in high school, I dislocated my thumb, and as a result, with my left hand, I could palm a basketball. Oh wow! Look at that. You're like um, not my right hand. You're like uh, Gibbs or Murtaugh. How did you dislocate one. your thumb? So I was playing football in the street, and uh, there was so we played two hand touch in the street. And tackle on the grass on the swale. If you could picture that, um, you guys growing or living in Florida know how that looks in most streets down here. Um, so there was a fumble on the grass, and we were killing each other. And I dove for the ball, and I saw my thumb as somebody oh, slid across my hand. My my hand was on the ball, slid across my hand, and my thumb just went in a bad direction. Oh no! So my thumb was. I, I remember walking home holding my hand like this. My thumb was. Uh, if you see my hand, my thumb was up here. I had to take my headphones the, off. I can't. He, I can't even listen the, to stories the, like this. The the best part about that is the the doctor in the um in the hospital is like wrenching my thumb back into place. It was the most painful thing I've ever had, and I'm just screaming f bomb. I think I was 15. I'm screaming f bombs the entire time, and he stops and he goes, "You know, you're a pretty funny kid." And I said, "Thanks. Can you fix my effing thumb now?" <laughs> <laughs> and so it was right before the the doctor says. Uh, all right, we can't get it. It was like 20 minutes of them just like wrenching my thumb. It's so painful. And he says, uh, all right, we're going to give it one more try, and then we got to operate. And I hear a click, and I go, it's good. I don't even know if my thumb is right still. but <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I, heard, I heard a pop, and I was like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> get me out of here. I, I, and it I felt better immediately, Stop, right? Please. Immediately. I can't I, deal with I these still had to have, uh I still had to have a cast for, for six weeks, but it was, it was brutal. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> All right, can we get back on track here? I just like I have a very weak stomach. You know, one time. Wait, I, do you, wait, do you see? Wait, do you see? And I don't wish this on your children, my sister. No, when they not, get hurt, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. One time when I was in eighth grade, I cut my finger and like I cut a blood <laughs> vessel, and blood started squirting out of my finger, and I almost passed out just from looking at. It. I was so so scared of like my own blood. So other people. What do you do when you have to give blood? I pass out. I can't give blood anymore because I passed out last time I gave blood. 
I need, really? I need smelling salts. You ever had smelling salts? Holy no. cow. What an experience that is. It's awful. Uh-huh. Awful. All right. Um, anyway, Chuba Hubbard is a number three running back. Rashad White is a must start. Mike Evans is a must start. Or we were this team, I tell you, it's a tough matchup. But we, or can you get away from Mike Evans? No. No way. Yeah. Mike Evans or I just traded Mike Evans in a in a dynasty league. I traded Mike Evans and Gardner Minshew because um, it's time to rebuild for a first and a third round pick. I was pretty thrilled with that. Wow, Ooh, that's an nice. excellent return. All right, yeah. uh, Mike Evans or Jamar Chase? Evans. Evans. And Thielen, we've already discussed. He's a start this week. He's ahead of Low Cooper Low end, Carter, and PPR. Uh, Rasheed uh, Rice or... Number two receiver for me. I'm, I'm a little bit more confident. Rasheed Rice or Adam Thielen? Thielen. I'll take Rice. Uh, Jerome Ford or Adam Thielen? Half PPR. Mm-hmm. I'll take Thielen. Mm-hmm. I'll take Ford. Kate Otten or Jawan Johnson? If there is no Olave, give me Jawan Johnson. If there is Olave, I'll take Otten. Uh, mostly agree. Tampa Bay's DST is in play. Miami is at Washington. Stat of the game, number one. Brian Robinson averages 2.5 targets per game with Antonio Gibson playing. Uh, I understand why Jamie does not like Brian Robinson. Dave, you are more optimistic about Brian Robinson. It's running back who's going to get a decent amount of work with a chance to score. It's the only reason why he's where he is in the rankings. Last week, we saw them trailing by just 10 points going into the fourth quarter before they got destroyed in the fourth quarter. Gibson first came back after missing the previous week, played more snaps than Robinson, slightly. But still, uh, if game script holds and Robinson does not find the end zone, it's going to be a miserable stat line. Uh, Yeah, the Dolphins, by the way, the last five running backs, PPR points, DeAndre Swift, 10.5 points against the Dolphins, Ramondre Stevenson, 7, Pacheco, 6.6, Jox Jacobs, 6.1, Brees Hall, 11.9. It's becoming a brutal matchup. <clears throat> and Brees Hall had to get nine targets and seven catches, which is not the norm for him, and that was from Checkdown Boyle. Washington, stat of the game number two. Washington, I already said this one. Washington sucks against running backs. Start your Dolphins. If you want to hear a breakdown of uh, Dolphins with and without Devon Achan, that was in the... One question for each game segment. We gave a very thorough breakdown of that. Uh, Tua is the number Tua quarterback this week. I think number three for Dave. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell are easy starts. Let's go to Washington here. Sam Howell's at borderline here. So I know you guys like him better than Jordan Love. Kyler Murray or Sam Howell? Howell for me. I'll um, take Kyler. Uh, Sam Howell, six straight games with 42 pass attempts. He's been very consistent with his passing production. It's a matter of how much touchdowns he'll get versus how many interceptions he'll throw. Dolphins just lost arguably their best pass rusher in Jalen Phillips. And so I think just based on how game script, opportunity, um, volume, I, I think Sam Howell was a borderline top 10 quarterback. I forgot to mention Javon Holland for the Dolphins. Safety hurt his knee Friday against the Jets. He has not That's been practicing, call, yeah. so he may not play yep. in this game. Both guys have, yep. Uh, I, I, I think... I could just direct you to the one question for each game, but I don't want to do a complete disservice to Devon A. Chan, probably, you know, maybe the most significant player in, in fantasy at some at one point. So, okay, if he doesn't play, I would sit him. Just me. But if he does play, would you start Devon A. Chan or A.J. Dillon, who I know you're very hesitant to play? Dillon. Uh, I just think there might be a little more upside with A. Chan that I would take. There's a hundred times more upside with A. Chan, but... There's more downside, too. They both have downside. He he played one game coming back from 
IR with the injury and got hurt again. And they are going to be so cautious. I'll tell you the thing that scares me the most is this field is terrible. It is one of the worst stadiums in football and why they would risk playing him on this field, knowing that they're going to the playoffs. Forget about what seed they are, wherever they slot in. They're winning the AFC East. Why would you risk playing him? It just makes no sense. And so if they want to give him some game action, fine. He's not going to play more than 10 snaps. I can't imagine that's the case. Don't play Devon H.N. It's going to be a disaster. Okay. And, uh, oh, uh, Antonio Gibson. How do you guys feel about him this week? I would not be surprised if he's better than Brian Robinson this week, especially if Robinson does not score. Actually, Dolphins, I'm sorry, Dave. The Dolphins have up the second fewest catches to running backs. I don't know if that matters for you. It absolutely matters, but that factors into – we've seen Brian Robinson's game logs this season, and if you watched it, he's so touchdown dependent early in the season. Then he had the two spike games without Antonio Gibson, the Seattle game where Gibson got hurt, and then the, the next game where he was just doing everything, and he had 13 catches in those two games. Like, that's not his his norm. And so yeah. if if he's struggling against this team, you just listed the running backs. How good is that? That laundry list of teams that he that the Dolphins just shut down, you know. So, no, I'm talking about Gibson. Yes, though. They, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but yeah, like yeah. Robinson, I don't think is going to have a factor. So, where does Gibson have a chance to win? Well, if Sam Howell is doing Sam Howell things, 42 plus pass attempts, who's on the field more in those situations? It's most likely going to be Gibson, especially if the Dolphins' offense shows up. Like Dave said, I agree. This this should be an easy win for Miami, and so this could be a, a, a two touchdown deficit. Now, granted, the the Commanders just fired the defense coordinator. So we always see some changes. Look about Pittsburgh last week. You know, whenever there's a there's a coordinator change, things tend to improve. I don't know if the commanders have the personnel to make things improve. So to me, Gibson is a decent flex in PPR. Uh, okay, so Dave, um, the commanders wide receivers. I'm sorry, McLaurin's been slumping a little bit here. And would you start him over Cooper Cup? And would you start Curtis Samuel and or Jahan Dotson this week? I've got McCorn currently ahead of Cooper Cup. He's right on the fence between a wide receiver two and wide receiver three. And Samuel, I don't I don't want to buy in too heavy into what happened last week with him. But if he's if this is going to be a game, and I think this is going to be a game where Sam Howell will have to throw a lot, maybe he'll have a lot of short throws to Samuel. Samuel had a couple of deep throws as well. So I'll take him over Dotson, but not over McLaurin, not by any stretch. Right. Uh, would you start Christian Watson or how many commanders receivers would you start over Christian Watson? One. Jamie, you say Curtis Samuel? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thomas is right around 12th. I mean, that's kind of where he lives. He had a bad game last week, but he scored 7.1 or more fantasy points in all but two games. So that's typically his floor. Um, Dolphins might be an easy matchup. I, and that's kind of hard to say. And the Dolphins DST is also, I don't know if I'd be starting them, honestly. I don't know why you guys have them ranked so high. With all Turnovers, sacks. Sacks, yeah, that's a good point. They should get. They and should losing, get listen, against a, a better offensive line, the Jalen Phillips loss would be tremendous. And you will see that happen later on this year. I'm looking at the schedule now. Um, the, they got Dallas. The they got Baltimore. Dallas. Yeah, that game against Dallas, they're going to really miss Jalen Phillips. They will not miss him this week against this bad commander's offensive line. The, the, the one thing, though, to note is uh, Van Ginkle is Einhorn is uh, not a bad pass rusher. Van Ginkle as well. is Einhorn. No. And Sealer makes plays. Or Siler? Siler. Sealer, Sealer, Sealer. I think you're right. Sealer. Siler makes plays. They still have Bradley Chubb. Like, they still have guys that are going to be able to get after Howell. 
Okay, let's go to San Francisco at Philadelphia. Stat of the game, DeAndre Swift has 12 targets in his last five games, and only four running backs have scored more than 11.1 PPR fantasy points against the 49ers. Uh, not Tony Pollard, not James Conner, not the Steelers running backs, not Travis Etienne, not Zach Charbonnet. Not exactly the best list of running backs that they've shut down. But yeah, Swift is like 18th for the guys, so you know you could get away from him. It's it's tough matchup. Plus, they've been using game one way too much for me. Like, well, last it. week they didn't, but there are yeah there are these random games where Gainwell will like get in in the five yard line, right? It's like so yes, he pushes Jalen Hurts in the end zone. It's so annoying. <laughs> All right, so so Hurts and uh, and AJ Brown and DeAndre Swift and uh, Devontae Smith, easy calls. We're not expecting Dallas Goddard. Uh, Ayuk and Debo are they easy calls for you guys? One hundred percent. I mean, you're talking about Ayuk has scored a touchdown in three straight games, and this defense. First off, if they're missing any of the two interior guys, like you you, you said, um, could be very difficult for for Philly's defense already. But the secondary has been so brutal. They were just on the field for 95 plays. And you wonder if this game is huge because clearly they want to try and lock up the one seed. They get Dallas next week. If they lose this game, we could be looking at them playing for the NFC East uh, division crown and going into Dallas. So they got to have their eye on that in some way, shape, or form uh, just by the nature of how you know players operate. So this this is a, this is a tough spot for Philly. I really feel bad for them how the schedule's unfolded because you have San Francisco on rest against their team. Then they get Dallas on rest next week against their team. Um, and so That's a good point. I, I, I I'm I'm concerned about Philly's defense trying to shut down really anything San Francisco throws at them. And for Debo, man, you talked so much trash this offseason about how this game would have been if Brock Purdy was healthy, that James mm. Bradbury's trash. You better back it up. And look, he's got 15.9 PPR points or more in two of his last three. I know it's you know the it's hard to peg how he's going to get it done because of the rushing statistics, but the secondary is so beatable already. Like he should have a big game. So both guys top 12 caliber. Okay. And Dave, tell me the five quarterbacks you'd start over Brock Purdy. Are you going to hit the music now? <laughs> no, I swear I wasn't planning on it. I can if you want. Dak was one, Hurts two, two or three, Mahomes four, Stroud five. And I might put Purdy ahead of Stroud. I think the 49ers. Not the music I was thinking of, but we'll take it. Uh, I, I think the 49ers really whipped them. To underscore Jamie's point, they're beat up on defense. They played 92 snaps. It's a shorter week for them than it is for San Francisco. Niners clearly have, like, avenging their playoff loss last year. It's such a high stakes game in the NFC. I, I, I just, I think the Niners are going to be able to put up a big number. All right. And that's it for today's show. Sit the Eagles DST actually, but are you starting the Niners DST? I would. Yeah. Top 10. Niners are Falcons, Chargers, Jaguars. The thing is like, you know, you say that, if you have the roster spots to maybe make that decision, I wouldn't. But if you if you really want to go that route, you can do that. But to drop the 49ers DST to pick up those, that's insane. Yeah, no, don't do it. I, I don't know. If you need a win this week, if you need a win, okay, I am not starting the 49ers DST against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I made that mistake last week from a uh, – I thought the Chiefs would be better, and I sat the 49ers DST. cost me a win. The Chiefs have a great defense, though. You should that, that was just a weird week. You made the right call. It was. Now I did. I did the same thing with the Ravens. I dropped the Ravens for the Browns there, last week. There are a lot of people right now that are looking at their game score, their uh, their fantasy matchup, and saying the Cowboys DST killed me. 
absolutely killed me. Absolutely. But like, let's start yep. with the Cowboys. DST is one of the best in the business, right? They were terrible against yep. the Eagles. Yeah. yeah whole, the Bills terrible, they were against, terrible the, against the Seahawks. The Jets were good against the Eagles and the Chiefs were good against the Eagles and the Dolphins were too. Um, but most teams are terrible. The Dolphins scored a touchdown. All right, we're out of here, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you. Oh, we had some very funny comments, by the way, about how big of a wuss I am. Uh, I, I'm, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do the mailbag. I would like to hear Dan's uh, take on you being a wuss. I only eat white pizza. Red sauce makes me queasy. <laughs> That's great. I don't care that red wine isn't good for is good for the heart. Adam couldn't watch WWF in the '90s. Um, <laughs> let's, see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh God, there were some really good ones here. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I lost them, but good job, everybody. Way to make fun of me. I welcome it. Da- da- uh, Jamie has those huge hands. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find these. Oh, Adam's least favorite fruit is a blood orange. <laughs> All right, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. I forgot that Jamie's not on. That's, a shame. That's the one you edited. Later.